It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Patriots. Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. And the one thing that hasn't changed, that's where I'm putting my money down on all the games. That's right. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Listen, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's as simple as that. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, check this out. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Here's your call to action. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonuses. Double your first deposit. Use promo code OPOPIE to activate the offer. Promo code OPOPIE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code OPOPIE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Here I am in a studio close to Times Square, and I'm about to go on the radio with uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, yeah. What's going on, everybody? How are you? I'm Instagramming live. I got like uh, five or ten minutes, and I got to shut this whole damn thing off and uh, talk to Bubba the... Bubba the Love Sponge for the first time. Uh, wow, this is going to be a little weird. I'm not going to lie to you, man. What's up? This guy just says, uh, Josh says, unbelievable. I don't know if it's unbelievable. I think me and Bubba have been humbled. <laughs> What's up, Rachel? How are you? What's going on, man? Uh, I, I remember that me and Bubba were supposed to fist fight. I want to find out why we were supposed to fist fight because I honestly, all these years later, I don't remember why. I remember he was in Florida and uh, he basically threatened me and said next time he's in New York at Sirius XM, he was going to beat me up. <laughs> and so, so I was practicing my, uh, my Bruce Lee Kung Fu punches. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's how this is going to start. I'm going to go, yo, Bubba, weren't we supposed to fight? Mending bridges, Opie. I guess. Yeah, we used to say that about Bubba. Will you shut up with the Bubba is a C? Chill, man. Uh, uh, uh. All right, I got to turn this off because I got to call Bubba now and uh, talk to him for a little bit. Is that cool? All right, they're asking for the phone number. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Just wanted to say hi. Bye-bye. Now calling into Bubba, the love sponge. What are we in a submarine? He did not answer the phone.
that (laughs) (laughs) I will laugh my ass off if this is one big setup. I would say, you know what, Bubba? Touche. It sounds like we're in a submarine, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. Opie. Bubba. It's really you. It's really you. What's going on, brother? You you are the hardest guy to get a hold of. Well, I uh, yeah, that's how I live my life, unfortunately. You know how people talk about how they're introverts and stuff? Only introverts understand other introverts, and half the people that say that are just liars. But for a guy that was very public, yes, and you're very you're very much private, and I appreciate that. But yeah. but the one thing I wanted you to know is like I'm not here to be some wise ass and like try to get an, a got you moment. I really just want to kind of sled through our history, and I'm here to tell you that I wish somebody would have taken me aside years ago and said, you two dildos need to learn how to play nice together because the industry is so fucked up and shrinking yeah. that you might need each other someday. No, it's funny. You just said all that because I think you want me to be nice. <laughs> no, no, listen, you need to, if you want to bring it, you fucking bring it. I'm just telling you right now, I, I think that you're, I've always thought, yeah. my, I've always thought that you're very talented. I, I, I've always respected how uncomfortable you can make people. Thank like you. you thrive on pe- people being uncomfortable. Yeah, that goes, and, that goes with maybe some of my autism. And, and, you're and supposed not to laugh a lot at of radio that. guys, yeah. most of us radio guys talk a lot of shit, yeah. but when, at the end of the day, we're really not a bunch of dicks. We're just, you know, we're showmen for the most part. And that was certainly my situation with you yeah. by all means. Oh, right on. Well, first of all, I got to start by saying we, we called your number and you didn't answer. And I started laughing on this end. I'm at pro media, uh, in times square. And I told the guys over here, I'm like, Oh my God, I think this was one big setup to get me back. And I just started laughing and I gave you a big touche because over hey, the years, you know, thing happened here because the phone started ringing here and I yeah. went to answer it and it was a hang up. And I go, what the, <laughs> that motherfucker just ribbed me <laughs> because over the years I would mess with you on Twitter and stuff. And, 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 I, and you would write back like, hey, I'm here, buddy. I'm here. And then I would, you know, just, just say, or do something very, very stupid. The one thing I want to say just to start, I, I was trying to remember, we were supposed to fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what? I, I remember telling my producers, that little motherfucker looks pretty wiry. He may get me out of breath soon, and I don't know if I want to really fight him at the end of the day. <laughs> well, as long as you didn't hug me and get me in a bear hug, I, I thought I had a pretty good shot, and I was practicing like kung fu, like punches and stuff, like Bruce Lee style, and I was getting ready for you. Because I, I, I think uh, you said the next time I'm in New York City at Sirius XM, I'm going to find you in the hall, and we're going to fight. And, I, and you yeah. know, I'm not going to lie to you. Tell, I remember telling Brent Hatley, yeah. hey, Brent, what if I really see you Hope? If I really see Hope? What the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> well, you're—I mean, I, I would have a tough time, but I, I would be up for the challenge. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, kind of crazy that way. And and serious with such a uh, well, whatever. I don't know how much we want to get into over there, but well, you know, I think we probably should get into it a little bit. Yeah. And I think I got two things to say about it. One, I wish we could do it over, right? And and two, I don't know—you know—that expression that old timers always tell us: you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, I kind of think that that's kind of it a little bit. For I mean, I think that that kind of kind of holds holds true there a little bit. Yeah. Well, well. For, before we move on to that, so why were we supposed to fight? I'm trying to remember. Well, because here's the deal. Because, uh, you know, you guys always fucked with Howard, and I always felt like an alliance because, you know, Howard gave me a shot 
to go up there when I was dead in the water. So I always had like an alliance to Howard. So yeah. I thought that it would be like, you know, I was be winning Howard's love, so to speak, if I had a fucking conflict with you guys. <laughs> oh my God, Papa. <laughs> so I asked you that because it's going to lead to my next thing. I don't know who's going to end up in- interviewing who here, by the way, because we're, we're both uh, alpha no, males. No, that's what's going to be, that's what's yeah. going to be interesting is yeah. that you shoot some my way and I'll shoot some okay. your way and we'll just make it work. This was the, this, I have a couple things I do want to ask you. And one of them was, why did you feel that you had to um, uh, do that for Howard? Why did you feel like you had to show an allegiance to him? Because you were so well, you were so talented in your own right, and we never wanted to kiss up to anybody. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but uh, you did it differently, and you felt like you really had a. Uh, bear with me because I don't know how else to say this that you felt kind of like you had to kiss his ass a little bit and, and I want you to take me inside that whole world and why you felt that way well because I felt like this guy did me a solid favor and at the end of the day we and we can all talk shit at one time or another about Howard I was Howard's competition in Connecticut and things like that and of course we had the the radio war struggle bullshit and uh but at the, at the end of the day, you really can't take away what Howard's achieved away from him. So I'm thinking, okay, here's this guy who's at the end, at the at the end of the day, arguably the the biggest in our industry. He's taking a chance on me. Yeah. I'm kind of a, a of a of a redneck hilljack kind of white trash wired kind of guy. And that's what, you know, that's what white trash hilljacks do is they got each other's back. Right. And so I felt and I knew Howard couldn't really have any type of struggle with you guys in the serious world because you know he was you know big time howard and what have you and it was beneath him to fight to be have an adversarial relationship with you guys yeah and i felt i i felt as if i could be that guy i don't necessarily know that it worked well it didn't work out quite frankly but that's kind of my meaning that's kind of my my reasoning behind having an alliance to howard and and to this day i still keep in touch with howard and and still respect him and all i think that Sirius has changed very, very much so. I don't know if you and I will ever no- get another chance there. Oh, kind of God, no. <laughs> God, no. I, w- I, went out a- I went out in a blaze of glory. And I know it was because of the Howard stuff that I got fired. They, they-, they found some weird... Well, I didn't officially get fired. We worked it out in the end, but uh, uh, I, I have no doubt. You know, Howard finally, uh, you know, asked for a few favors. You know, but I, I was. Which good. I don't, and, and I don't blame him. At the end of the day, if I'm Howard and I can get a couple fucks off the off the air that's fucking with me, I don't know that I don't do the same thing. Well, I mean, yeah, but he he fucked with us as well. And and one of the things I wanted to say to you, so you know, when we were coming up, I know your career very well, by the way, Bubba. So uh, when we were coming up, Howard was uh, I hate to say it, but he was he was on top of the shock jock world. And then the second tier was me and Anthony. It was Bubba yeah. the Love Sponge, and there was that stupid man cow. And 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 uh, who else could you throw in there? Maybe Don and Mike, and maybe uh, the Grease Man. Who would you throw in yeah, that you know, category? But, but really, but really, it was you guys. You guys were the next tier because you were in New York and Boston. Yeah, and I was probably the tier below you, still kind of smaller mid market. But you know, and so you guys were the next tier, and then I was kind of below you. And realistically, I mean, think about it. We were all together at Sirius XM at one time, and we really fucked it up. <laughs> 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 I mean, we we really fucking screwed the pooch there, Opie. I'm just telling you. Well. Uh, I could I could break it down a little bit. I me and 
me and Anthony, we were doing very well when it was XM. And then when we uh, merged with Sirius XM, well, then it, they, uh, they called it Sirius XM, excuse me. They, it was a whole different world, and we knew we were just outsiders at that point, and we were just hanging now, on. You worked for, now, early on, you worked for Eric Logan, right, for, I, when you guys first went to XM. He's still one of my uh, my friends. I love Eric Logan. and he underst- Eric Logan's an old Tampa guy, I think. Yeah, he understood us, and he knew how to work the show, and he, un- he let us be ourselves and we had our own studio on 57th Street and then Sirius insisted that we go into that big building where it was just a radio factory where you know a lot of people just walk I don't know how many times you were up there but a lot of people would just walk around miserable it was a, the culture was so different and we knew I hate- they, when they used to make, I didn't mean to interrupt them. When they used yeah. to make us go up there, I just felt so sterile. Yeah. Not that I, I'd love to be back, but it, like, you know, Howard had his little world in his compound and it was all the way he wanted it. And then when we would come up there, we would just get sent in some bullshit studio. And I didn't have near the shows because, you know, as well as I do, it's all about being in your own element and being comfortable. Yeah. And I was never, I was never really comfortable there. No, no. Uh, and we weren't either because we, they built a multi million dollar studio for us where, you know, there, there was no bosses or anything. We, any anything would go and we had bleachers and a giant studio and a glass wall and and metal detectors and security it was crazy and then they came and they're like you know i think it'd be best if you came over to sirius uh and the big building and then they threw us in a tiny studio and it, it just never was the you know was the same i was telling the guys here at pro media the difference between the sirius culture and the xm culture maybe this is too inside for people but when I, we used to go down to Washington, where their main facility was XM, it was like it was one big party. Everyone was excited. Everyone was walking the hallways, going, "What are we going to do today? What can we accomplish today?" And then um, when we got to to Sirius and they merged, you know, it was very obvious that their uh, their business plan and God bless them, you know, it's their company. It was Howard Stern and then everybody else. And look, you, know, you can't argue with that. I mean, yeah, but, but he, you have to, but you have to realize, and I'm not trying to be adversarial, but yeah. you were that next level though mm-hmm. like you guys literally you may not have felt that way but just being a fellow talent like there's probably not a lot of people that have the standing to be able to make the statement that i am but i was part of the ro- the talent roster as well yeah and it was certainly you guys were the next level though like mm-hmm. you really were like you know they you guys had your own studio and and although you guys weren't howard yeah uh, you know you guys were the us us third tier guys kind of looked up to you know you guys. Yeah. Even though I said I wanted to kick your ass, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, got, I got so excited, and I know I would have lost. That's how sick I am. But uh, that, I, I don't know. You may you may have been a little bit you know wiry on me. You're, you know you're a big fisherman from way day. You probably yeah. got the big forearms and shit. You well, know? I got a I got a big hammer, but uh, besides that, I, I was in a lot of fights over the years on air, though, man. Oh my god, I got myself in situations. But uh, to your question, do you ever, though, do you ever, do you ever look? at yourself OP and said, you know what, I could have been about 85% less of a dick there and it might have worked out better for me. That's serious? No, just in general, me uh, too. I mean, uh, I mean, you know what, I, I go through life trying not to have regrets. Um, but you know, it's a deeper issue. I was, I was just simply not happy. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I was on a radio show that was massively huge, but me and, um, Anthony basically did not get along pretty much the whole time. So I didn't really ever enjoy, uh, that run Bubba, to be completely honest with you. You know, I got and you guys and Opie, you guys had one hell of a run. It's yeah. easy to take a step back now, but as a radio guy, I mean, I had Phil Henry on a couple weeks ago and, oh, you know, Phil, Phil. Thought, Phil, have you have you ever talked to Phil before? We we are we're friendly online, but uh, no, I I love Phil Hendry. I think he's one of the uh, he is he's pretty much a genius at this. 
well, real radio guys like yeah. yourself, you know, you know, like guys, and you came. I think you came up through Brother Wee's, didn't you, in Rochester? Yeah, he's he's my number one. I mean, uh, he's my, my yeah. mentor. There's no doubt about it. It used to drive me nuts when Howard would go, you know, they're 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 copying me, and uh, you know, everyone listens to me, and I'm like, no, man, I I copied if anyone Brother Wee's and and listened to Brother Wee's. You know, I I, I learned uh, from him, and then what you got to do as an artist, you know, you learn from the people before you, and then. Hopefully you make it into your own, and that's hopefully what I ended up doing. But I mean, when you guys went to Boston, and and then you guys got that New York deal, yeah. And then at one time, you guys were afternoons on Howard, and Howard was morning, yeah. Um, now, did you guys? And I, I think that's where the feud kind of started, did it not? Where you guys kind of had had resentment towards Howard when you guys were on NEW. What happened was we did a very similar bit when we were in Boston. Um, he used to do something called uh, Black Jeopardy, I think. And, uh, huh? and we did a bit called minority jeopardy because there was a story in the newspaper about, I, I don't even remember the story anymore, Bubba, to be honest with you. And we did this bit and somehow, you know, we're on just kind of a smaller station. AAF didn't really reach much. And we did this bit one, one afternoon called minority jeopardy. And the next thing you know, Howard's on the air the next day saying that there, there are these guys in Boston ripping me off. And I'm all excited because we're, we're not Opie and Anthony yet. I mean, we're, we were relatively big in Boston, but we weren't like nationally known yet. And here you got Howard Stern talking about us. I'm like, this is great. And then my PD at the time, Dave Douglas, he takes me to lunch in a panic going, it's not good that Howard's talking to you. It's not good. It's not good. And he wanted to squash the whole freaking thing. And uh, we certainly didn't want to, didn't want to, and we did not listen to any of our PDs over the years. And uh, we continued. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, why, why would you listen to a PD? They all wanted to be on a on a on the radio doing their own radio show. Uh, I mean, you know the deal. They were all failed uh, radio shows. Well, you know, very few of them were. You know, I, there's probably two or three of them. You know, Tim Sabian is one guy that yes. I like. Mark yes. Driscoll. Yes. Uh, but the, most of them, you know, are like are are failed air talent, and yes. they don't they can't do what we do. No, usually. no. I I I should say that I always listen to Tim Sabian. I listen to him to this day. We were just talking actually. Uh, as I was walking over here, and uh, and Eric Logan, and uh, maybe I'm missing someone in there, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. And and so you guys had a big run in big run in, in Boston, and of course I think that's one of the. It, 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 I don't understand what the big deal is kind of now, but they made a huge deal about it. You guys got on for April, one of the greatest oh, sure. April Fool deals well, ever. Well, and every bullshit radio station has some kind of April Fool's, you know, Zoinks yeah. deal. Yeah. And you guys came out with straight fucking pimp and said the mayor yeah. of Boston got caught with a Haitian hooker or something like that, <laughs> no. if I remember right. And all <laughs> shit broke loose. But I think you guys survived that for a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, wait, 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 you're the best. I feel like this is my show too, so I want to back you up. <laughs> Uh, so just to finish on the Howard thing. So we did this bit in Boston, the minority jeopardy that was very similar to black jeopardy. And then he went on the whole, everyone's ripping me off, robbing crap. And then we moved to New York and me and Anthony one day looked at each other because he started taking little pot shots at us. And, and me and Anthony were like, he is not going to do to us what he did to Debella and these other radio guys and take us out. We're going to fight tooth and nail. And that, that's, that's where that whole philosophy started and, and grew from. And, uh, you know, in the end, uh, in the end, it, it was probably, you know, my demise. Uh, but, uh, we felt like, we felt like we had to stand up to the big, uh, quote bully in radio. And, now, have you ever, uh, uh, Opie on the phone, by the way, if Opie from the legendary Opie Anthony, he does his own, and he has a podcast now. Your YouTube is pretty big, really big. Actually. Uh, yeah, I do. All right. And, you know, I, and, uh, 
you're like the the most successful radio guy who's really not itching to get back into radio, kind of. Yeah, I've I've had some uh, offers here and there, and uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I got an offer for you. Can't. The, yeah. I'll even take second billing the Opie and Bubba show, <laughs> and the fishing's great down here in Florida, and you can do whatever you want. We'll have every redneck in the South <laughs> like, with the, uh, with a name so, like that. Have Have you ever Have you ever made contact with Howard? And I think that I think Howard. I think Howard would have you in. Well, the funny thing is, over the years, uh, you know, we have, um, we know the same people, and and uh, right. even though we were feuding so much, uh, so many people behind the scenes said you two would actually really get along. And uh, at the end of my serious run, uh, Howard changed his schedule to seven a.m. Oh, we got to go back to the mayor's prank too, by the way. Uh, yeah, which was great. Again, yes. Um, so Howard changed his schedule to seven a.m. And so next thing you know, I, I started passing him in the hallway with my security guy, uh, Club Soda Kenny. And so Ronnie's walking with Howard down the hall. I'm walking, walking with Kenny and we pass, you know, mid, mid hallway. And I knew Ronnie very, very well. He was always very, very cool to me. A lot of the Stern people were always very, very cool to me. And after all these years, Bubba, I said, I said to myself, you know what? Fuck it. And I just said, good morning, Howard. I had nothing behind it. Literally nothing. I wasn't like setting up a bit. You know, I'm an older guy now and we've been through this and that. I'm like, you know what? It can't hurt to say hi to the guy. So I say, good morning, Howard. He ignored me completely. And we we pass each other. And then my guy, Club Soda Kenny, he starts giggling like a little schoolgirl. And this guy's 6'6". He's a monster. He, he uh, starts giggling. I go, Kenny, what's that about? He goes, he is so mad that you said hi to you. Uh, that you said hi to him. And I said, there's no, there's no way he's that mad. So sure enough, this happened a couple times. And every time I saw him in the hallway, I'm like, good morning, Howard. And he would ignore me. Next thing you know, there's this weird thing that uh, happened at Sirius where they shut down all the hallways and, and no one was allowed to enter the Sirius XM uh, compound there until Howard passed and went into his, uh, his area, which you I'm sure know very, very well. So I, I, I decided to film that. And I put that on my YouTube channel as I had a wait to go into uh, into Sirius to do my radio show until Howard passed by the glass doors. And uh, that kind of pissed off the company. But at that point, I was like, I had it. And then they kind of were saying that he was being bothered in the hallway by interns and stuff. But then some of the security guys over at Sirius, who uh, I know I knew very well, they pulled me aside and said, it's absolutely because you're, you're saying hi to him in the morning and he doesn't want to deal with that. I honestly think, and, and I don't know how long ago that was, but I honestly think that he's in a different place now and i think that i think that i really think that he would talk to you i think he would have you on the show i, I listen i can't speak for him i can't but i just i know him pretty well yeah and we communicate we communicate and i think that i just think that everybody is kind of over who you're supposed to hate kind of deal yeah and on the latter on the on the latter part of his career whether he's resigns or or not I think he wants to kind of make right some of the shit that he may not feel so good about. Which, which I'm not trying to be a matchmaker here by all yeah, means. You do yeah, what yeah. you want, but I think that would be huge. Would you do it? I, I mean, I, I guess you know, I, I don't need to gain anything from it. But you know, over the years, I, I would talk to his friends, you know, in the hallways at Sirius, and and I would put the word out, like, look, I would talk to Howard because obviously I did something in the past that you know pissed him off so much that he can't get over. Um, and so I put the word out, but, uh, you know, he never went for it. I, I even told these people, I'm like, look, I, I, it doesn't have to be on the, on the radio. I don't have to do a show. We could just meet somewhere and just talk for an hour, you know, and see what the, what and this you know, the thing whole thing Howard was about. Is, Opie, he is truly like us. 
and he's a radio nerd. He knows, you know, he knows radio as well, if not better than we than we do. And the yeah. first time that I met him, yeah. when they were kind of feeling me out, you know, to maybe work for him, we sat in a room at Don Buckwald's uh, office and talked like a couple bitches about <laughs> just ra- about straight radio. Like, hey, what do you, what do you remember Neil Rogers? And, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and what do you think about the Grease Man? And what do you really think about Imus? And right. you know, what do you think about Man Cow and Phil Henry? And like, right. like, a, like, like us insider radio fucks do. Yeah, that was the golden age of radio with all those names you're you're mentioning. But uh, you know, I mean, I know he's made amends with a lot of other guys he went after over the years, and one of them was Brother Wee's, my my mentor. And, um, right. he, you know, when he moved into, uh, the Rochester market, he went after, uh, brother Louise's older daughter. That's, uh, you know, she's, she's got, let's just put it this way. She's got some issues and Howard right. did what Howard did. And I'm not, you know, I mean, I did some of the same things and, and you certainly did as well, but he went hard at, uh, you know, uh, Weez's daughter and, um, many, many years later, he felt really bad about that. So he actually called up Weez and apologized, which I thought was really cool. And I said, so on my, uh, my show at the time. And then Weez, God bless him, because he knows, Weez knows that a lot of the, the stuff that happened with me and um, me and Howard, Anthony actually stayed out of some of this stuff, but I felt I felt so mad when uh, Howard went after Weez's daughter, this is a million years ago, that I always said to myself, Bubba, I go, you know, if I ever get the chance, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to attack that guy and kind of stick up for my guy, which is, uh, which is Weez. <laughs> which is, yeah. but hold on now, yeah. which is exactly what I did. You yeah. know, you asked me why I did what I did, yeah. but now you find yourself doing it. Yeah, there's, uh, you know what, I just had a realization that I did the same thing. So I, I just wanted to ask you, I, I don't blame you for, you know, for doing what you did. So then. And um, Howard, you know, apologizes. They have this long phone call. And because Weez knows that, you know, some of my career was uh, a little little rough because I was attacking Howard uh, because I was sticking up for Weez. Weez at the end of the call goes, what about my boy Opie? And Howard, I swear I could get Weez on the phone, goes, I'm not ready for Opie. <laughs> and he probably, at that time, probably wasn't. But I bet he is. And I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. But wouldn't it just make... Wouldn't it be an absolute fucking coup if we could kind of somehow have this black ball summit, if you will? And I don't know if you include Ant. I know that there's a lot of shit between you and Ant, and, and, and you know, I don't know if that's doable or not, but, God, I don't know. I just, the, the industry is, like, when we're out, when we're done, and we're practically done in yeah. regular radio. Oh, my just, God. We're, we're practically done. Oh, my God. Who, who, the, who the fuck is after us? There's nobody. No, there's it's... No, there's nobody, Opie, nobody. Well, I mean, you got to go to, uh, you know, you got to look at the podcasters, you know, Rogan's uh, crushing it and a, a few other of those guys are doing really, and you know really what, well. God bl- and you know what the thing about Joe Rogan, God bless him because that motherfucker is so talented and if radio, you know, he would have been just as funny on KLOS yeah. or any, you know, but no, but everybody stuck their head in the sand in this conventional radio type of deal. And, you know, radio has done it to itself by not developing the people after us and sticking their head in the sand and being afraid of their own shadow. Oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, in places like satellite radio had such a head start on, uh, you know, live streaming and, uh, on demand and all that. And they, they took forever to, to get to that point. And they allowed all these, uh, smaller companies to really catch up. And now they got, you know, real competition there. So I gotta, I got, that's why Sirius XM needs to bring us back immediately. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I, I, t- you'll love this as an, uh, as a radio guy. So, um, you know, me and Rogan uh, were friends. I mean, I'm sure we are still friends if I saw him, whatever, but I haven't talked to him in a bit. Um, I'm a little mad at him that he hasn't had me on a show lately, but whatever. Uh, 
I was running my own. But you're not the, you're not the easiest guy to get a hold of. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, I know. I think that's one of my I'm issues. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not sticking up for Joe. I'm not trying to be anti-Opie, but you're a little difficult. You're a little bit of a recluse, little Howard, little Howard Hughes-ish. Yes, yes, you're kind of right. I can't, I can't oh. argue that point. <laughs> I think I'm that is. Say it, Opie. I, I mean, no, you gotta I take think, a step back. You're not the easiest guy to deal with, kiddo. I, honestly, this is uh, my first major interview in years, so. Uh, <laughs> and I and I hope and I hope that I hope, I think afterwards we'll have a whole new respect for each other because we're kind of in the same boat. Tim Sabian tried to put us together a long time ago, right? And you got to break out of your little. You got to kind of break out of your recluse shell a little bit. You're motherfucking Opie. Yeah. Like you need to put a little pep in your step and realize that you know you still got a lot of shelf life left and quit being this fucking Debbie Downer dude. No, I'm not a Downer dude, though. I, I, that's the only thing I'll defend. The other stuff, I'm not a Downer dude. I'm a, actually... Well, I'm just talking about your in, your, in, your unavailability. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes I'm... it kind of theme that way, and you're, and you're not... You're Opie. God damn it, you're one of the fucking top five or six radio guys, you know, around, period. I... There's no, there's no reason you shouldn't be in a better spot than you are. Me too. Let me let me ask you something, though. I am so happy just, just living my life right now, and I do this podcast, and a lot of times I just wander around with a Zoom recorder. I don't really have a studio these days. Um, and I'm having more fun now doing radio than uh, at the, the height of the O&A years. Um, and, and I ask you this, Bubba. What's the most important thing in your life? Is it doing this? Is it your family? Is it your son? What, what's the most important thing? Do you need to be on top uh, still? No. Okay. No, I, do, I don't. I just need to make enough just to tinkle around a little bit. And, you know, I think you've probably done much better with your money than I have. I fucking blew mine. And, you know, the only thing I have left is this studio, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But so really, because the only thing I have left is this studio, and the only thing this studio can do is produce some kind of bullshit show. Yeah. I'm kind of stuck. I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, so you got to kind of make money. I, I, you know, I thank God I don't have to make money. So I'm doing this for pure fun now. Look, my podcast, it's called Opie Radio, just to throw a, a, a cheap plug in there. No, all the plug. By the way, all the plugs you want: uh, Twitter, Instagram, and then opiradio.com. His podcast is Opie Radio. Oh, thank so, you, yes, buddy. all that and more. I, would I like a few more subscribers and a few more downloads? Of course, of course. But I don't need to be, you know, where I was in the old days. I'm just uh, enjoying my life, having fun, and uh, maybe. But maybe. you're kind of. But you're kind of like. The guy, you're kind of like Gronkowski a little bit, and that he retired at 30. Now I know that, his, that he says he had 46 concussions, and he's dumb as the day is long. Right. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm just saying, like you, you got, you got some really good radio left in you, and that's. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to stick up for the fans and say that you, but you know, it would be a magical moment if we could get some of these personalities together right. and do something, and whether it be on a very limited basis or, and certainly probably not on a full time basis, but like for instance, you and Ant. Now, I know you guys don't like each other, and I don't necessarily need to get into that. And I, and I, I think that you guys had a history of not really liking each other, but God, you guys had a really magical thing going, and were one of the, you know, one of the biggest of big at, at one time. Well, I would, I would say that I, I, I stayed on that show way longer than I should have. Uh, <laughs> And it was because it was such a, a monster of a show, but it, it, you know, that show, that show started eroding way before Anthony got fired. I mean, way before it wasn't the same thing anymore. He, he wanted to go a different direction and, and I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to call him out on that. I mean, he loves that. He loves right-wing politics and, um, he really started bringing a lot of that to our show. And I, I would remember, I 
would remember sitting in that studio going, this is what, this isn't what I signed up for. When, when we used to talk politics back in the day, we used to take the piss out of both sides. And next thing you know, he's having these rants and he's good at it. You know, I'll, I'll give him credit. He's really good at it. But I'm like, this, you know, we used to make jokes, not have serious, you know, uh, conversations about this. And it, I think it all started when, when it was becoming obvious that Obama was gonna, you know, going to be our next president. And I, I, something in Anthony, he just couldn't, you know, he could not take that. And next thing you know, maybe you guys need a bubble the love sponge to sit between you two and keep uh, the fucking radio going and say, yeah. Anthony, you're getting too, Look, you're getting a little too, you know, right wingy on it. And and Opie, you need to fucking quit being such a weirdo. Let's get together and do some radio. <laughs> I started playing Candy Crush because I, you know, the first hour of the show every day was him talking about guns and and black people and and racist stuff. And I'm just like, I. I just kind of want to get silly and stupid and hopefully make a few people laugh. And every once in a while, we'll make a, a serious point. Um, so we, we, you know, we grew apart. Uh, and then he got fired first. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe to this day, if he didn't get fired, the, the brand would have continued in some way. I think, I think to be completely honest, and it seems like we're being honest with each other here, I think... I think we probably would have went our own ways, but would have been under the same ONA brand with maybe uh, maybe some shows in between that we got together for. But uh, you know that that show. What what sucks is when when you when you're part of a massive show, uh, the fans remember all the good stuff. They go to YouTube every day to this point and and listen to some of the classic things, but. Um, you know, people, people aren't going to put the bad stuff on YouTube. So they're convinced that we could still do this. And I think we've just changed so much as people that it makes it almost impossible. Um, well, and did, I, I think I, now I had an, I had an on about a year ago, I think promoting his book. And, and it, I, I think that he kind of felt as if when he got fired or the rumor was, is that you didn't really stick up for him. With, with the with Ugh. the management and what have you, and I don't know that anybody's uh, ever asked that to you, and no. I'm certainly not trying to ask it, you know, in, a, in an adversarial way. No, you could, you could ask me anything. That's complete and utter bullshit. Is is what it is, and uh, you know, he spun it his own way. I mean, he openly was hating on me at this point. He, you know, talking crap behind my back. He he would text Jimmy during the show all sorts of horse shit. He had fake uh, Twitter accounts. He had a pal talk room where he was talking shit about me. This is while we were still doing it, and he was building his own uh, home studio at the end there so it was pretty obvious bill burr on rogan recently said that it was a little weird because it was pretty obvious that ant was already building his own thing at his house and, and but still making believe that you know we were still in business together and uh, you know and then he got fired we were under contract and uh you know i at that point i gotta make my money too so i i stuck out the rest of the contract but we did we did you know do what we could I don't know what else to now, say about that. Now, he hated always, my he hated I, my fucking guts, and then turns around like he's surprised that you know we didn't all just march out together. I I always respected Mel, you know, being a, a Clear Channel J Core guy, never working for CBS at the time. Well, I worked for CBS at B ninety six back in ninety, right? But it was just it was just music and shit. And then I always respected Mel. When he stood by, well, at least pay. I think he pay. I think you guys with the sex for the Sam deal. I think you guys got your deal paid out, didn't you? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. You want uh, that? That that was probably the thing that saved your ass in 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 life. Uh, you would have been fucked. I, I thought I was fucked. So uh, wow. And this this brings back because uh, I want to ask you about your best stunt. 
Because we're, you know, when they write articles about shock jocks and the best radio stunts ever, it's always us and and then you with the hog and and, and yeah, the other that, stuff. Yeah, and oh, I fucked me up. <laughs> I was going to prison for five years on that deal. That's nuts, man. I mean, and, and what I and I, you know what, Aunt, I, you know what, Opie, I didn't even. I was in the studio yeah. when the professional hunter did it, so I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't even out there. Right. And they and they and they got me. And, you know, it wasn't an FCC issue. It didn't break any FCC laws, and that's the laws that we we're governed by. Yeah. And so they they make up this you know cruelty to animal deal or for entertainment purposes, which isn't even on the books. Right. Cost Clear Channel a million dollars, and I was facing five years. Wow. In prison. And, and for the people out there, uh, for my podcast, basically. You guys um, um, slaughtered a pig, uh, you know, professionally though, in, in a parking lot, and you broadcasted the whole thing, right? Yeah, and you know what? I I would ne- I've never been mean to an animal in my life. I don't even hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, and so and, you know, I certainly would never do that in today's environment. Like you probably wouldn't have people fuck at the, at the Irish Cathedral or whatever the fuck. Like you probably wouldn't do that in today's environment. I don't know. You might. Ah, I was in the vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> Got you on a technical boy. That was that was an absolute shitstorm, was it not? Yeah, man. I had uh, paparazzi that would camp outside my house in Huntington, Long Island, uh, with beach chairs, just trying to get you know um, a picture of me and and or an interview and or I got chased down the um, the street when I would jump in my car to leave my apartment. Or actually, I was running a half a house or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was it was a pretty scary time, but. Uh, yeah, the uh, the press on that was unbelievable around the clock, and then then we just sat out two years and three months, and the company just paid us. And uh, you know what frustrated me was this was before social media. For the people that don't know, uh, me and Anthony did this this bit called Sex for Sam. Couples would have sex all over New York City, and then you know this couple went to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and they supposedly I don't know I don't know to this day, but supposedly they they you know they did it in the vestibule, and then all hell broke loose. But um, but there may not have, there may not have been penetration. It could have just been a pro wrestling deal. Well, <laughs> the the rumor was it was in the uh, the dirtiest of the holes. Oh, it was in the, <laughs> the room. Oh, okay, that even makes it a little more salacious, to be honest with you. And that's even complicated because, uh, ah, whatever. I mean, you when you do... Well, real- that's complicated because you think the Catholics would really like that. That's where they seem to want to put it. Look, I'll take full response for very good. I'll take... <laughs> <laughs> I should laugh at some of they this. Failed, they paid good. billions of dollars for the booty <laughs> right. hole, have they not? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, so, I mean, you can relate to this stuff. So when you're doing a, a an edgy uh, shock jock type of show, you know, you, you would pull off these bits. But you also knew in the back of your head kind of where the line was and every once in a while you would you would cross it or you didn't even realize you were crossing it like like what happened to you with the uh you know the pig in the parking lot um so we we had this crazy bit having sex all over the city but we picked the right people to uh be the spotters that day and they knew what would get you know us in trouble and to be careful of this and that and we had a guy that day that was grandstanding and uh we had church on the list with not really the intention of going there you know, but it sounded like crazy on the on the show. Like, here's the list of uh, places these couples might have sex at today, and one of them was church. So you just hear the word church; it's going to make you, um, you know, listen to the to the radio show, right? You don't. You yeah, almost a deep, a, deep, a deep tease. Yeah, you almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Deep so, tease. Oh my god, I I, I don't want to say <laughs> I love you, but you back, that just bring back zookeeper type fucking oh, mentality. God. Hey, you got a deep tease, it. Hey. Oh god, I love talking radio. The only other person I could talk to radio 
video about really deep. His brother Louis is up up there in Rochester. But so just having church on the list uh, makes people tune in, like oh my god. And then you don't even really officially need the payoff at that point. You got people talking. But this uh, this guy, I don't even want to mention his name. He was a, a last minute replacement that was doing some stuff on our show, and I, I thought I could trust him. Um, uh, the other guys that we had that day, I knew they they would keep us safe and make sure the show didn't get you know canceled. And this guy went right to the church because he was kind of trying to make a little name for himself as well. And uh, the rest is history. He was trying to out, he was trying to out shock the shock jock. Yeah, by, you know, but going I do to the, going to the deal. But I do take full responsibility. Uh, you know, it was it was my idea, and uh, you know, it happened. And you know, what are you going to do? But uh, so the company and and you know the deal when you're on when you have like crazy ratings, you know you could pretty much get away with murder. They're not going to fire yeah. you because the money that's coming in, they're like they will tell all the special interest groups, uh, oh, we disciplined them and this and that. And then behind closed doors, you know, I, I, I barely know you, but I guarantee you had the same type of meetings where they're like, all right, we took care of them. Good job. Good job, man. Oh my God. Oh my, right. Yeah, I mean, then, then, then they'd be like, okay, listen, OP, we're going to suspend you for three days. You're yeah, going to come yeah. back a woes me kind of deal. <laughs> yes. Real, real sorry. <laughs> yes. And we're going to give some money to the fucking yippios <laughs> and it's going to be great. And you just need to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> you know, on my, uh, on my podcast recently, I talked about one of our suspensions. I don't even remember which one. And the Post, the New York Post was so mad because they're like, and we uh, we contacted, we tried to contact Opie to get a comment and he was napping. And I'm like, damn right, I was napping. I wasn't worried at all about any of this crap because just like you said, they would they would give you three or four days. They're like, yeah, go have fun somewhere and we'll see you Monday. And and then they would. And, and you had Mel, which Mel understood. Mel oh, yeah. was one of the very few that would stick by talent, even though males, you know, would sell, can oh, sell, yeah. you know, anything to any. Even though Mel would have you sitting in a piranha tank at the Chevy dealership, oh, yeah. you know, for, for, for 700 bucks. Yes. He would stand by his talent, Mel would. Oh, my God. And he didn't want to fire us for the sex for Sam thing. But, you know, the the corporate umbrella was crazy back then. It, it was Blockbuster. It was movie studios. It was TV networks. You know, CBS was part of that deal and everything. So um, the the thought was, okay, uh, one of our top radio shows that really messed up, they can mess up our whole radio division. That's how it used to be. But in this case, it was like they could mess up the radio division, the movie division, Blockbuster, uh, CBS TV. So they had no choice. They didn't want they didn't want you know um, uh, the groundswell to get too much and, and affect all the rest so of moon, their properties. Moonves probably blew in a fucking call. Little little did you know he was you know bending secretaries over this fucking desk. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I used to go to the same uh, spa as Les Moonves, and and we would hang around. Uh, him with Julie Chen, who would just, yeah. she would just look down at me and my wife. I'm like, ugh, you're only on Big Brother because because you're married to him. You stink as a host. And why are you giving me shit? And we'd all be in our bathrobes waiting for our massages, and it would be so freaking aw- uh, awkward. I would have given her, I would have given her a wiener shot. What uh, I would have given her, oh one. God, I would have got myself all chubbed up and let her <laughs> see the, the the redheaded pubes down there. Is what I would. <laughs> <laughs> She's the worst. But uh, Opie from uh, from Opie and Anthony now from his own podcast. He's got a huge YouTube uh, th- uh, channel as well. I don't know if you know, but I think wasn't in two thousand and four. I was I got fired in March of oh four. Yeah. For the you know for the Janet Jackson Nipplegate. You know they offed me and Howard. You know Howard <laughs> um, just lost affiliates and CBS stayed by him. And yeah. so I was talking to Sirius. Yeah, and I was talking to Jeremy Coleman. Yeah, uh, about coming in and doing mornings against you guys. Did you know that? I had no, I had no idea. Yeah, so 
and I flew up in uh, April of 2004. Right. And it was just serious. It was not, you know, it was, and it was, you know, serious XM. And they were like, listen, we're going to pay you to come in and you can do it from Tampa. And you're going to be the morning guy. You're going to be going against Opie and Anthony. Uh, they're over at, uh, was it Extreme 52? No, it was, it was uh, the virus channel. No, it was called, uh, uh, there are people out there that know way more about my career than me. Uh, oh, High Voltage. High voltage. That and, we didn't name that. Uh, Eric Logan uh, was Eric Logan there? No, I don't think he was there yet. But they said, "Look, we need a name for your channel." I'm like, "All right, cool. Give me a day. I'll I'll figure something out." And a lawyer on the way on a uh, on an Excella from Washington to New York decides uh, to call it High Voltage and sends it out to the press. And we're like, "This is a terrible name." What is it? Fucking ACDC album? Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, exactly. It, well, because we were shocking. Get it? Right. Ugh, ugh. I don't know. They, so they, they're, they're, they're talking to me all through 04 about, you know, getting up there relatively soon. And then all of a sudden, Jay Clark calls me and says, listen, um, the deal's off because we just entered into negotiations with Howard Stern. We think Howard's going to come over. I'm like, man, I just got fucked. This is going to be my big opportunity. And then they handed me off to Howard and Howard decided to, you know, let me go on his channel a little bit. But they were I, the initial call when I first got fired in March of '04 was to come up and and um, and be the morning guy on Sirius. Wow! All right, you want to hear the other side of that? Yeah, please. We're, now we're, you're going to set me straight. We're kindred spirits, so uh, I'll take it back to the sex for Sam thing. So we have to sit out two years, three months. Mel Carmen did not want to fire us, but you know he had to, and and to keep us from going anywhere else, they paid us out. So technically, we were never fired. We were just thrown on the right. beach. As they call it in radio, and I was and you so, couldn't go and you couldn't work for anybody else because they were paying you. Well, and and there's two there's two parts to what I'm about to say. So, um, and this was before social media. So when you were off the radio, you were gone. You you think you're you know I'm hard to get a hold of now. Back then, I was I was a ghost. Uh, you know, no one could get a hold of me, you, and you can't put your your stuff out there. And I kept going to my agent. only way to send yourself out there is to send air checks on cassettes to PDs. Remember uh, those days? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Oh my God. In line at Buffalo, uh, just every, I think it was every Monday I would send out, um, cassettes to try to get a radio job and my rejection. You'd read R and R back page yep, and yep. then you'd send them out and you would have one of those dual cassette things. So you could dub off yep. copies. Remember ne you nailed it, man. And they all yep. said, no, no, no. Just like you. I guarantee you got a million no's yep. back in the day. Uh, that's, that, that proves how stupid these suits are. So anyway, uh, I go to my agent. I'm like, I don't care. We're making all this money. I know we can make this money up. Cause I, I was not Bobby, Bob Eatman, by the way. Yeah. God rest his soul. He, he's no longer with us, but, he, um, not a lot of guys interview and know that you were represented by Bobby Eatman. True radio guys only know that. Yeah, absolutely. So I go, Bob, I don't care about the money. I was never a money guy. It was never about the money. I, I'm, I'm happy that I have it, of course, but, uh, I'm, I, most of my life I was used to not having it. So I knew I'd be fine either way. But we had Q104. As soon as we got fired, they're like, we don't give a fuck what you did. We want to hire you and, and put you up against Howard Stern. And I go, I beg Bob. I'm like, get us out of this contract. Oh, my God. You want to talk about a story. But, you know, th there's no real great ending to the to this story. Basically, uh, you know, we couldn't get out of our deal. And uh, they want to put you on the classic rock going against Howard while he was at NEW. No, Howard was at uh, K-Rock. Sorry. I mean, K-Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted to put you on for the last couple of years of his of his terrestrial career well, to go uh, against him. Well, at this point, no one knew that he was going to, you know, be leaving. But Q104 was ready to go. And uh, 
Oh, you know what? I th- I think I just messed up a story. Oh my god! I apologize. No, you didn't. Yeah, it's sort of. I I did. Q one of four absolutely did want us. What happened? Oh my god! Sorry. Let, let me back up. Uh, I gotta uh, fix this. So what we were doing uh, afternoons for CBS, and we weren't making that much money, and we were just crushing in in uh, in New York City. And I kept telling them, I want to be syndicated. It's time, and I want to go. You know, get our show back on in Boston, and this and that. And they basically said, yeah, sorry, uh, you know, we don't see that really happening right now. So I go, all right. So me and Bob marched to, uh, I forgot who was running Q104, marched to them and said, hey, our deal's up in a month or two. What do you got for us? And they said, we want to put you up against Howard. So I go, all right, cool. So I went to um, Ken Stevens, who was my GM at the time. I'm like, hey, we're leaving, man. You know, you you, you offered this and it's not good enough. And Q104 is ready to put us up against Howard in mornings. He turned uh he turned white immediately and said uh can 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 you give me two days (laughs) he panicked next thing you know i'm in a restaurant as they're putting this weird syndication deal together for us because basically uh they were allowed to match so every market that um i guess it was clear channel every market clear channel was going to put us in uh cbs had to match or we could take this offer and then go up against um howard stern and that's how we got syndicated we kind of forced uh cbs's hand on that whole thing Kind of like a big poker deal. You used you used 104, the classic rock in in New York, as as kind of the chum up deal. And if they didn't match, you were going to go to Clear yeah. Channel and with all these syndicated stations. So then that's how they rolled you out on CBS. Well, all of a sudden though, you know, I I got confused. I I, I kind of regret that we didn't say fuck it and, and uh, took that job and went up against Howard. But that, at that point, CBS was like whining and dining us, and that low ball offer went away. And they, you know, they they made this crazy deal. And next thing you know, there's a there's a billboard in Times Square, and all of a sudden we started feeling like, oh wait a minute, you know, this is a new start. And uh, and then we're, and we're like, you know, it's we we're killing in afternoons. We could. Con- continue doing that and, and make uh, make decent money. So we said uh, no to the Q104 offer. I don't know why I associated that with the sex with Sam. Sorry. Well, and, and, and you know, and you know, Opie, that getting, doing mornings just absolutely sucks. Like you, you never get used to your body, you know, getting up at four, four thirty, yeah. going to bed at eight, eight thirty. You have zero life with your yeah. kids. Yeah. And it just, you know, afternoons is the shit. And in actuality, if you can put your, e- I've often said this lately, if you can put your ego aside, me inclusive, middays is the shit. That's the show you want to do. No it's kidding. Middays, as far as having a relationship with your family yes. and being able to sleep in a little bit, that's yes. the shit. Rush, yeah. Rush Limbaugh had it figured out years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most morning guys, it it it's a tough life, man. You know, I didn't, I I really didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. But uh, anyway, the, so the, you're gonna love hearing this. So back in 2004, we finally sit out our two years, three months. And uh, XM comes calling. They want to put us on, and we were damaged goods at that point. So they got a they really uh, lowballed us. But but here's the the part you don't know: Sirius wanted us as well back in two thousand four, and and I was going back and forth uh, back and forth with Scott Greenstein and Jeremy Coleman, and I would go over to the, the their Sirius building and hang out with Jerry Col- uh, Jeremy Coleman, and then we actually had pretty much a deal on the table. And uh, you, know to, my, you know what my deal was for? Huh? Eight eight hundred grand. Oh, crap. is what they, they they offered me, which is probably well below what they. I mean, you guys nope. come in a pair of two. That was nope. all in. That means I had to pay my guys too. No, no, man. We they they got us cheaper than that at at first. Absolutely. 
They got us cheaper than that. Um, well, I mean, a, per guy. I mean, you know, at eight hundred, I you know, I take about three hundred and fifty of that home. Yeah, you know, at, yeah, for me. And and me and Anthony, we always had to split. You know, split the numbers so that whatever. I mean, I'm fine. But anyway, um, so all of a sudden, you know, we pretty much have a a handshake deal that we're going to go to Sirius. And I'm like, all right, cool. We'll get this, you know, this show going again. And Jeremy was talking to me at the same time. Oh, well, that's why I'm telling you this. <laughs> this is, this is the God's honest truth. So then a couple days go by and I call my agent. I go, uh, have you heard from Sirius? I'm like, nah, nah, but I wouldn't worry about it. You know? Then another day goes by. I'm like, Bob, you know, we were supposed to sign this thing. I, I don't remember the days anymore, but I'm like, we were supposed to sign this. What's going on? I, I think Scott's on vacation. He'll get back to us. Don't, I, I'm not worried at all. And I'm like, I am. You know, something something in me was like, something's not right. And then we went to this restaurant on uh, 57th Street and 7th Avenue. Uh, it's that Italian joint that a lot of media people go to. Once met uh, Seinfeld there, and he was just a complete utter dick. But that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and we're you know Bob's in town from L.A. and uh, we're going out to lunch, and all of a sudden we're waiting for our table, and there's Scott Greenstein, and he's looking at us like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and ignores us, and then he goes to his table, and he never came up to us. He saw us. It, there's no doubt in my mind. And also I go, Bob, are you, are you worried now? And he goes, oh, God, yes. Long story short, just like you, we were just about to sign a contract, and they got the word that they had a really good shot at getting Howard, so they didn't need us yep. anymore. And, uh, you know, and they, they basically barely told Bob that, you know, the deal was dead. And then we're sitting there like, now what, Bob? And then we kind of crawled back to XM because we already said no to XM because we were going to go to Sirius. Because we had to pick between the two, and then we had to, uh, you know, tell XM, you know, we'll go there. And you had to say, listen, we'll take a little bit less money. Sorry for being dicks. That oh, happened they, to me uh, before. Oh, no, they got us at that point. They had so us. So now, do you still have, are you are you and Scott cool or no? Mm, he did right by me in the end because, you know, I, I, I knew when they. He hates me. Can you help me on that deal? He hates me. I don't even know why, but he hates me. I think we're just okay to be honest with you, because uh, I, I reached out to him because when they let me go, I'm like, oh, come on. I wrote him right away. I'm like, Scott, this is complete and utter bullshit, and I will be, you know, I will be fighting this. By the way, I can't really talk too much about this. But anyway, in the hey, end. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, it, are you and Scott yeah, cool? Well, in the end, he did write by me, and then I right. wrote him a nice email, and he actually wrote something like, uh, I want to just thank you uh, for all the years you gave to this company. You know, you were very I, I've tried to, us. to email him and say, I love you, and I'll, you know, wash your car and mow your fucking lawn and whatever. He's, and he hate like, I don't know, I, he hates me. What do you do he to He hates me worse than you. What, what did you do to him? Well, I think Manson may have wrote a, um, um, Ned may have written, I had sex with your dad song when we were leaving or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. It was, and I feel horrible about it. And, we can't. and it's just like, they won't let it, him and Patrick Donnelly won't let it go. And I'm so very sorry. And I've even, I even overnighted like a card, a handwritten card. Like it's uh, yes, I'm completely look like a fucking buffoon here, but we got, won't even like, uh, it's bad. Opie. It's really bad. Oh, we can't help ourselves. What are we going to do? Man? We can't. I think it, I think Opie and the Opie and Bubba show, we can't help ourselves is going to be a next big hit. I really do. That's funny. Uh, well, 
If, yeah. Hey, listen, you know what would be cool is if you and your fa- I know that you love to fish, and yeah. wouldn't it be cool if you guys came down here and, you're, you know, the, 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 the wife could take the kids to wherever the fuck, and you could come in and do some radio? Uh, I'll just fly down by myself. I don't care. I'd love to have you in for a couple of days and just, I mean, I don't do shit that you've never done before. No gain. I'm not trying to gain anything by it. I just really find there's just not a lot of guys that have had the same similar paths that we have that have, yeah. that are, is probably as, and I'm not saying this arrogantly, as talented as we are and have done some of the things that we've done and, you know, come together and do, I could talk to you all fucking day about radio, yeah. just stupid shit. Like things like, you know, I was listening to your, uh, your podcast with Jackie, the joke man, and you were talking about the time that I think you might met the Oliveira, Chris Oliveira in, I think in, in Washington, DC, when you were doing a CBS deal and you drove from Baltimore to Washington, DC to get this deal done. And it was like in a, like an industrial park or strip mall or kind of deal. And, I just found oh. it really fascinating. I I love to talk to real radio people. Well, uh, that's a, that's kind of a good story. So we're in Boston, and we did the mayor's prank. We told the whole city that the mayor died in a fiery car accident. That was the bit, by the way, Bubba. You 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 added with, with, a, with the Haitian prostitute. I don't know if we said that. Maybe we I did. Think you did. All right. Someone will fact uh, check me on on this. Trust me. Like and that is that is the sizzle that it would need, Opie. I'm yeah. You. Yeah. And and uh, I used a I used a friend of mine. That has a very good radio voice, and I had him uh, do the the newsman. Like we, you know, we got a right. newsman on uh, on on the phone, and uh, to this day he panics that I'm going to say his name, and, and I won't. But uh, anyway, um, so we get fired because how that story goes, we were killing in Boston at at AF, and we were the first uh, radio show, me and Anthony, to beat BCN, which was unheard of, and but they were paying us nothing, and when I when I mean nothing, and look. You know, uh, it was 60, I, we were making 60,000 each. I think at that point I was technically making a little more than Anthony because I had all the experience, but when we don't wreck my interview with Bubba, you twat, <laughs> Bubba, <laughs> Tim Sabian, he ruins uh, everything. Tell Tim he's a piece of shit because he didn't put us together years ago. All right. He's <laughs> slamming the door. God, he ruins everything. He I, does. I, I was interviewing Robert O'Neill who uh, killed Osama bin Laden and he's just babbling and oh god he's annoying tell him to tell him to get back on the green shakes yeah no kidding (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so uh, we do the we do the mayor's prank we get fired um and the reason was because we weren't making any money and i went to bruce mitman i go bruce we're severely underpaid here and and i already had uh radio stations in new york and uh had a station in dallas that wanted me and anthony and we already at this point this is a little inside baseball, but we already flew to New York City to meet with NEW and K Rock, Tom Chiasano and uh, Scott right. Herman, and uh, uh, and that was probably a six figure gig all day. Oh, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was at least that. Yeah. I remember when they when we finally did move to New York, uh, we're in a, a suite in our, a gorgeous hotel here in New York City, and and because um, we we were going to probably go to Clear Channel as well, if I remember, and. and uh, Oh, no, that's another story. Oh, my God, I'm getting all my stories messed up. But anyways, Bob goes to me. Uh, they're at $200,000 for each of you. And I'm like, where do I sign? And he and he goes to me, relax, we're going to get way more. And I'm like, oh, geez, okay. But anyway, um, so I already flew down to New York to do these interviews and stuff. And they basically told me, uh, NEW and K-Rock, uh, who, who, the people that were representing those two stations, they said to me, look, we would hire you tomorrow, but you're under contract. And in my head, I went, got it. 
And you remember the days, Bubba, because it because yep. I followed your career, and the same shit happened with you. Every time you got fired from one station, the next station was waiting, and they were willing to double your salary. And that was the that yep. was the days in radio, way before the PC culture and this cancel culture got way out of hand. So I went up to Boston, and I was like, uh, you, you know, we gotta get we gotta get ourselves uh, fired. We gotta let it. We gotta let, we gotta let it eat. Yeah, we gotta get ourselves fired, and we're number one in afternoon drive in Boston. And I loved living there, but I'm like, we gotta get ourselves fired. We can, New York's waiting, man. And I just waited and waited, and then this, uh, you know, April Fool's thing. Uh, you know, April Fool's was right around the corner. Fell into your lap. And, and just like you said earlier, everyone else was doing hacky, stupid April Fool's jokes. And, I'm, and I called Anthony, and he tells the story on his end, too. I, I pretty much woke him up because I was pacing my, uh, my apartment up there in Boston all morning waiting to when I could call him because I'm like, I got it. This is what's going to happen. And he was like groggily. He was like, oh, whatever, Rob. Okay, I'll see you later. And uh, I remember looking at him in studio like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And and we looked at each other like, holy shit, I hope we know what we're doing. And, we, and very rarely does that really work out yeah. the way that it worked yeah. out. I mean, usually with us, us volatile radio guys fuck that up. Usually yeah. we fuck it up so bad that the people we're going to hire us to be like, oh, that was too fucked up. We, yeah. can't, we can't hire you now. Yeah. So I look at him. I'm like, all right, it's go time. And I announced, uh, you know, the mayor died. And uh, oh, my God. And then the PD's running in. He's like, you're going you're gonna to tell him this is an April Fool's prank before the end of the show. I'm like, yeah, Dave, we got this. No problem. We got like, you, Dave. We right. got you, buddy. And, and I, I, they already had, like, headlines on the TV and stuff in studio. And he's panicking. He's in the hallway. And he's like, it's too late now. But just tell him it's an April Fool's prank by, by the end of the show. I'm like, no problem. So, so uh, Opie, if I was to ask you who and who is your Mount Rushmore of radio, four guys that you actually, you know, because our whole shtick is one of the things is that everybody sucks, you know, everybody's a hack. Yeah, you know, you guys even used to do what fucking Hacktober or some bullshit. Uh, Jocktober, hack too. Yeah, Jocktober. Yeah, uh, and but like like my Mount Rushmore would probably be you know Howard, uh, Rush, Jim Rome, uh, and Phil Hendry would probably be my my four and you know jim rome just because he is pretty much the godfather of this who this all new you know talk sports shit that everybody's putting on right uh what what would be I, your mount rush look i mean i'm i i've never really was a fan but you know you, you have to give him the respect howard um right. yeah i think you gotta like look at the grease man the grease man was amazing at because he because he did it differently. I always looked at the guys that did it differently, and he was one of them. Phil Hendry was one of them. Uh, Brother Weez always did it differently. Um, yeah. Russia, obviously. I mean, the success he had during the Clinton years. My God, you, you have to uh, put him up there. Uh, talk about good cop, bad cop. I mean, he just played them, did he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he made believe that you know we needed to get Clinton out of the White House. He he he. he celebrated when he got another four years that guy right oh yeah he signed i remember working for clear channel and he signed like a six-year 36 million dollar deal and this was like in you know 98 or something wow <laughs> could you imagine yeah. so so with the 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 mayor's prank so we do it and all that and then the end of the show uh i just signed off said see you guys tomorrow and walked out and dave douglas is in the hallway like i thought I thought you were going to say it was a prank. I'm like, oh, I forgot, Dave. I'm so sorry. Because I knew it would have way more of a punch if we just left it hanging. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we got fired within like a week, two weeks tops. And then 
All of a sudden, I'm like sitting back with my feet on the table, like, all right, now let's just wait for New York to call, you know, because we just blew up this massive gig. We were we were massive up there. And uh, all of a sudden, we get a call like, uh, Dan Mason wants to meet with you tomorrow. It was Dan Mason. So outside right. of Washington, D.C., in some weird office park, Dan Mason had his office for CBS Radio. He's the president of programming. And, and you know what? Dan Mason's another good radio guy. Yeah. Yeah. He he kind of liked us. So then we flew from Boston to Ronald Reagan Airport down there in Washington. We we took a long cab ride out to the suburbs to meet with Dan Mason. Me and Anthony have our bags packed. We're, we're still like, you know, nobody's thinking, oh, my God, we're going to have fun in Washington. We're going to be down here a day or two, you know? And 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 we pull into Dan Mason's office. We have a 10-minute meeting. He just wanted to make sure that we weren't the devil. And he, he wanted us to explain what exactly we did in Boston. I pretty much explained what I what I just said to you. And he goes, right. okay, I'm satisfied. I'm going to tell my guys in New York they could hire you. And I'm like, oh, whoa, holy crap. And then he goes, can I call you a cab? And I'm like, huh? And I'm thinking a cab to the hotel because now we're going to be down here in Washington. He's going to take us out to a fancy restaurant. You know, do all the good shit. I go, huh? And I, I think I might even say where we stand because we both had our uh, suitcases. And he's like, no, man, we're, I'm sending you back to the airport. So long story short, we uh, we were back in Boston for dinner. So you guys, you guys took a – I have that same story, Opie. Yeah. It was in, 19, it was in 1980, 1989, and I'm doing nights at KTFM, and I just did John Garabedian's open house party. Remember that stuff? Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they fly me in from from San Antonio to do John in, into Boston, right. and I do John Garabedian's open house party, and you know I'm just like the standard you know night jock, you know flame throwing yippee but I did pretty good. Yeah. And uh, my name was Bubba the Love Sponge, and you know Scott Shannon had ripped it off a little bit at Z100, used for his Prize Patrol guy, so the name was kind of you know gimmicky and what have you, and I had a little bit of traction, <clears throat> and so Scott Shannon he just signed on Pirate Radio in L.A. And, he, and if you remember, uh, it was like Randy K. Brook, and it was this really kind of, you remember Pirate Radio, right? Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah, and so uh, Scott Shannon calls my, my program director up, Jeff McCartney, and says, hey, i like to interview Bubba to do nights. Now, I'm making, you know, $36,000 doing nights in San Antonio, and, you know, I'm getting ready to maybe go do nights in L.A. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that, huge. that's huge. Of course. And so Scott Shannon flies me in, and he meets me at LAX, and uh, we... I get off the plane, and that's when you could meet people at the gate and shit, and we walk to the first little lounge deal. We don't even go get – I didn't check any bags. just got my roll on. We don't go get in a cab. We go nothing. We go to a lounge, and he go, and he has two tickets, two airplane return tickets. And he goes, Bubba, can you do this? I'm going to give you an example of a break that I need you to do at night, and, I, and you tell me if you can do this or not. And I go, okay. And he goes, 100.7 pirate radio. I go, yeah, I can do that. I mean, that's whatever. And he goes, that's it. I go, what do you mean that's it? And he goes, no, I don't want any phone calls. I don't want any shtick. For the first month, I just want you to be a rock jock and play Guns N' Roses and yeah. the fucking warrant into this bullshit. And yeah. he goes, the radio station is like the chassis, and you're going to be like the right front tire. And then when we get rolling, you right. can start doing some shtick. Right. So I said, let me get this straight. I just got to play records, be like just just straight guy. I can't do phone calls. I can't have hot chicks up and down the strip on the phone. Yeah. And he goes, and, I, and he goes, yep, I just need that for 30 to 45 days. I go, well, Mr. Shannon, I don't know if I can do that. That's not what I do. He took one of his tickets. 
and, and gave it to me. He goes, that's a return flight in 90 minutes for you to go back home. Otherwise, I was going to have you stay a few days. Wow. And, I left, and, it, and he took me back to my gate and I left. That was it. Wow. That was it. God, that's amazing. And, that is absolutely I, amazing. I don't know. I mean, could you have ever done radio like that? No, what happened was um, my turning point, uh, I worked in Rochester at CMF at one of many of the homes of rock and roll that I worked at. And, um, you know, as a young kid in your early 20s, it's fun. You're playing the records. You're giving out uh, tickets to all your friends. And everyone else thinks they actually had a chance of winning the big, uh, you know. Right. Meanwhile, you had a hot chick on line yeah, six. All that. Hits, was going to blow you. Oh, all that. You're, you're, flirting, yeah, all that. you're flirting with girls. They're showing up at this, uh, the studio. And, and I'm like, this is fun, you know. But then I needed to be challenged. And I'm like, I can't intro these records anymore. So then when I moved to uh, Buffalo, um, wow, I'm going to say something. Ah, fuck it. My my PD was having an affair, so he wasn't really paying attention to me, and he knew that I knew about him. So, so next you're thing, at night, and he's fucking around and not even listening to the radio, so you're like, he's getting pussy. I'm going to let it eat. I don't know if I've ever told the story. So I'm doing overnights, and I'm throwing the format out the you know in the garbage, right. and and I'm not introing these records anymore. I'm actually you know. Having my friends come in, I started broadcasting on the roof because it was in an old house because I was bored. I mean, so you're I, doing you're doing shtick radio, and you're supposed to be you know yeah, talking, yeah. but you're doing full blown personality shit. And then I would have these air checks with this guy. I love this guy, by the way, because he really set me on my path. And he would go, "You're doing everything you're doing is great. Keep it up, keep it up." And to this day, I don't know if he said that to me because he wanted to keep me happy because I knew about what he was up to, or if he truly thought that I was doing it right. But you right. know, I'll, I'll never know. But um. But at that point, I'm like, if I have to do another year where I'm introing records, you know, this was fun, but I got I got to do something else. So I took the chance and just started talking and doing my own thing, and it, uh, you know, it ended up working out. So uh, that happened. Anthony. That happened to me and Anthony in Boston as well, because when they first brought us in, they're like, "All right, look, well, you know, you guys have great chemistry, and obviously, you know what you're doing, but we really need you to play." I forgot, Bubba, but I think like eight records an hour. I'm like, eight records an hour? That's like maybe we get five to 10 minutes uh, an hour to really show what we could do and hopefully make people laugh. And we started just dropping the records and the PD would be so mad because he didn't hire us. And it would always, and it would always be a struggle too. It'd be yeah. like, you know, Opie, you only had five records this hour. Yeah, I, yeah. I, need, I, need two, I need two more, Opie. Yeah. Okay, whatever, motherfucker. We'll try our best. Well, you can relate to this too. No matter how talented you are at a radio station, if the PD um didn't hire you he hated you because he needed to make his own mark so they were always yeah, bringing in their I own got, people i got fired two times when new pds came in and they brought their boys in yeah exactly so yep. dave douglas comes in because ron valeri was the one who hired us and right after he hired us he ran to new york to uh program i think q104 um and i'm like ron what the hell man the only reason i'm here is because of you and he's like oh, you guys are gonna do great as he's packing his bags in his office and leaving and then they left us with this guy dave douglas who really did not like uh me and anthony but the gm not like dave douglas doesn't even sound like he would get it dave he, fucking douglas well, hey it's dave douglas I probably, I probably shouldn't have even said his last name let him let him rest oh who cares like well, that's not his real name yeah. anyway. that's his fucking made up hack name yeah let him rest because we did uh put him through hell but um you know, so he was frustrated. We were dropping the records, and and Bruce would be like, "Look, these these boys know what they're doing." You know, but Bruce Mittman would walk in every once in a while and go, "B -b -b boys, are we a talk show uh, now?" And me and Anthony would, would look at him like, "We damn right are." So it wasn't even uh, you know the, the radio station or the company that told me and Anthony to just really just uh, 
dramatically move into just doing a talk show. We did that on our own. So yeah, against. Against the format, of course, because I didn't pimp, believe. But pimped the fuck out and was was able to make it work out for you. Exactly. Can I can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like uh, we focused way too much on my. Do you do you talk about the the Hulk thing and the all that stuff? Like, what do you say these days? Well, you know, it was and, obviously and, something and, I'm not proud of, and it's a huge lawsuit that's going on right now, and so I. Uh, with Hogan, Hogan, Sue, and Cox Communications, because they're the ones that dis- or their personalities are the ones that disseminated it. Right. And so when that and that that's scheduled for January of 2021, and it can't happen fast enough for me because it will truly show how this all went down. Right. Uh, I don't want to put and, you- which will be which will be good for me because I'm not the piece of shit that you know taped my friend fucking my wife. My yes, that did happen. Yes, I am guilty of letting my best friend fuck my wife, but I didn't disseminate the tape. I didn't distribute it. I didn't use it to blackball Hogan. And all the stuff that, that people associate with this particular act, most of which I didn't have anything to do, I'm guilty of letting my best friend fuck my wife. Right. Well, but you guys obviously had an open relationship, first of all, right? Semi. I mean, okay. not as much as people would think, but, you know, somewhat. Okay. And then the only question I got for you, and I don't mean to put you in any uh, bad spots, but I know it's good radio and you could honestly, uh, I'm not going to pressure on pressure you on any of this stuff. Why did, why did you record it? I, my sur- home surveillance system recorded oh, it. everything right. in my bedroom right. was recorded that's right. and I, you know, I shouldn't have kept it. I should have destroyed it immediately. Um, you know, that's, that's something that I will forever regret. And my lawyer said, you know, it was, that tape was brought back up and tried to use against me in a divorce proceeding. Yeah. And my attorney told me to, to, you know, destroy it. And I didn't. Right. And my employees took it and it, 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 it quite frankly, Opie ruined my life. Like it made me be the biggest fuck right. ever. And right. I'm not, I'm only 50% of a fuck that people think I am. Right. Well, and the I, people that stole it, you know, it's it's our radio guys that bettered themselves and and basically took my job and my spot, and it's going to be a slow burn, but it's not going to work out well for them. It, it just it when the when the truth comes out, I don't think I'll be exonerated, but I think people will get a better understanding how it went down. Yeah, you just you just want some clarity, uh, and I, I gotta actually defend you a little bit. So if if. There's a surveillance, well, there was a surveillance tape where this happened. It's really tough for any human being to just simply say, you know what, I got to destroy this tape. You know what I mean? Well, yes and no. Um, and I didn't. And I should have. And yeah. it's just. It's, but that's a, that's a tough I'm, move, is all I'm saying. That's all. It doesn't mean that you're a scumbag for keeping it or, or any of that. But the, but human nature would make you think, okay, I'm not going to really show this to anybody, but fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put this, you know, to the side. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I and I. It's just I. That's the one thing that you know, because Hogan was my. It was the best man of my wedding, the right. godfather of my son, and 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 it just it it's just destroyed that and as it should i don't blame hogan one bit right and and it and it just it, it the people that did a lot of this were rewarded and some people paid dearly and i'm still paying dearly i mean it fucking it, you know opie it wrecked me oh and yeah you know what most people don't know the truth most people don't know the truth and uh, it's not really there it's, it's not really there they, they don't have to know the truth they know what's been reported and what's been reported is not good for me at all. Right. Period. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I understand all that for sure. And then what, just somebody just took it from your house? Uh, Spice Boy, my uh, guy who worked for me, uh, took it. I had it in at, at here at work in a cabinet, which is not probably the coolest place because I was in the middle of a divorce and I took all my stuff out of my house and kept it here. Uh, he stole it, uh, gave it to Mike Calta, uh, and Mike Calta distributed it through his agent, Tony Burton, to Gawker. And got me, and at the end of the day, made me look like you know I'm a the biggest fuck ever to live. Right. And I was done, and it, and it fucking cooked me. Still to to this day, that's what. If if you go to somebody and say, hey, what about Bubba the Love Sponge? Oh, he's the cocksucker that 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 recorded his best friend fucking his wife and did him dirty. Right. Well, it's not quite that way, but that's what people think. And 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 quite frankly, I have to. I gotta own it. I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to. Yeah, most unwind people, that mess. Yeah, most people don't care about the truth in the end. You know what I mean? They have an agenda, and like, well, we could certainly use this because we don't like the guy, and and they just, uh, you know. And we're guilty and of it. I mean, we're, you and do. I are absolutely guilty of forming an opinion and just just fucking burying a guy. That's how we do it. Oh man, I I was prepared. Uh, you know, to be very uh, defensive here today, and you know, I don't know. You seem like a, a pretty pretty nice guy, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I would love. I would love to Opie. I would love to do this more often. Now that we've got our defense down a little bit, and we know we're not trying to fuck each other over, and right. that that indeed I was on the other line and you were there. We could talk radio for days, and I think that your your podcasting fans and the people watching me, I think they really really enjoy it. Yeah, because I mean it's 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 inside baseball, but we're two radio guys, and I would love to have a you know a working relationship with you i really would yeah i i i got to give you another little tidbit i almost uh worked with tony burton thank god i didn't thank uh, god. <laughs> god i do have god to say that Bobby soul. <laughs> thank god but uh and and uh, did you settle with uh with hogan for like $5000 yeah i just wanted to be done with it i'm like here i want i don't want any rights to these tapes i don't want nothing to do with it you go and sue whoever the fuck you want to right. here i'm out right. I, I i don't want anything to do with this i want to distance myself from this so yeah i did do you uh do you remember your last conversation with him uh no i don't I, it might have been like in october of 12 after it first came out and he's like what the fuck did you do and i'm like hogan i i didn't do what you think i did and then yeah. uh, obviously he lawyered up and and i lawyered up and everybody grabbed their best fucking hold and and now we're here where we are, where we are. Wow. And, and and you lost a lot of money through that, huh? Oh, done. done. Millions. Mi absolute. Lost my house. Lost, you know, almost lost my studios. I had to have somebody come in and save that. Right. Just, just it's it fucking absolutely wrecked me. Uh, do you still have the house? No. Nope. I sold it. I, I sold it. Short sold it. Is it true that you were living in a trailer? Yep, living in a trailer for four months behind my studio. Yeah. Oh my god! Because uh, I yep. think I think I read something online where you you went to your neighbor to borrow a couple bucks so they could turn the water back on. Two hundred and ten dollars. I went to my neighbor because they turned the water off, and I had thirteen dollars to my name. Oh my and god. I said, "Can you borrow me some money?" And it's like, "Yeah, whatever you need." And, you know, I'm living in a in a huge you know huge house in a big neighborhood that you know I was quickly becoming overextended on because I'd lost all my means of income. Right. Uh, you know, things have gotten better. I picked up a few affiliates and, and we're making a go with it on Twitch and, and things like that. But it's made me a better person. You know, going through all of this has really humbled me and made me a much better person. And if I ever get another shot in any capacity, I'll do it far differently. I think we're both humbled. 
<laughs> I think we are. That should be our new show, Opie and Bubby, Bubble, Humble. <laughs> all these it's stories. Like, all these... like Kathy Bates has put us in the Humbler. Remember <laughs> oh when she God. put that dude to Humbler? Right. But people don't <laughs> understand. I, I just enjoy what I'm doing now. Certainly I want more uh, subscribers for the podcast, but whatever. So what did you what did you learn through all that, losing your money and, and going through that, you know, um, all those headlines, those headlines to were be insane. Hum- to be humble and to be a better person and to, you know, to only rely on yourself and to save and just, you know, just fucking back it down a notch. Just right. back it the fuck down a notch. Right. And, and I have. And, and I have. And, and how's the re- relationship with your son? Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be 18. So, you know, when they get that age, they, they know it all. And we're not nearly as cool as we used to be. But, you know, that's 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 my guy. You know, that's. My Very son. few people have stood beside me. Right. You know as well as I do, Opie, that when we're not as big and bad as we used to be, that quickly people, <sighs> you know, leave. And I mean, you know that there's been a mass exodus in people that you probably thought were your boys that aren't your boys anymore. Let me tell you something. You're one of the few that could relate to this. So when you sit in that seat every morning, right, and you got all these celebrities coming through and you're helping comics and you really feel like you're making connections with these people. And then you realize, nah, man, you were just the guy in the seat. You know, they needed you to promote and whatnot. I really was shocked by the amount of people that I truly thought were my friends that just, when I was no longer in that seat, just turned their back and moved on to the next guy that was going to be in the seat. I'm and like, then the guy that was in that seat, whomever, hey, buddy, how you doing? You're my oh fucking buddy. My, like, I, you know, it's like, it, it's just absolute, it's 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 life. And, it, and I think that we didn't have a, a good sense of life back then when we were on top, and I think we do now. Better, yeah, of at course. Least who stands beside you? I do have to defend myself. There's there's plenty that did stick by me and our friends, uh, you know, to this day. But wow, I was surprised. I really was surprised. I I just could not believe that it was all about you know who sits in that damn seat, you know, because that's that's the audience they're going to talk to that day. But what are you? Hey, do? you know what, Opie? We got to do this again. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I. I find you a breath of fresh air, my friend, and as much shit as we talked and all the shit we were supposed to do and fight and fucking all that bullshit, I would really like to to have you on, and, and if you ever wanted to come down and hang out and do radio, I'd, yeah, you're well, one of the very few radio guys that I really, really look up to and will always respect because you're, you're madly talented. Oh, wow, man. Thank you so much. I, I was telling my wife on the way over, I'm like, man, I, me and him were supposed to fight, and I just wanted to know... You know what it was about, because I I wanted to laugh it about like, it. You still want to fight me? You want to? You just keep bringing it up. I'm uh. trying to move past it. You're just like you want to fucking fight me, Obi. <laughs> I do DDPY <laughs> yoga. Watch out. <laughs> hey, bud. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 keep in better touch, and let's not you be so fucking hard to get a hold of, and let's do this from time to time if you're cool with it, bud. Well, it's striper season, brother. So you got to wait. Oh, yeah. It's striper season. I'm going to be camping could, out on a you beach. You come down to Florida and I could put you on some kingfish and some fucking tarpon. I'm N- telling you. Nice. It used to be strippers. Now it's stripers. Hey. You <laughs> <laughs> be whipping out Wednesdays. Now it's striper fucking Thursdays, uh, buddy. Can you imagine trying to do half those those radio stunts? You couldn't Not- do whip them out Wednesdays. They'd have, the Me Too movement would shut you down after your first break, buddy. Well, yeah, the uh, the uh, the National Women's Organization tried, man. They were pissed back in the day, but uh, eh, what are you going to do? It was all fun. Hey, it was all fun. I had a great time talking to you like a couple little radio bitches, and I look forward, really honest to God, doing this again for you, bud. I really do. Hey, Bubba, this was a pleasure for real. I mean, like I said, I haven't really done any interviews in a long time, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little nervous, a little stressed out. I was driving my wife nuts, and uh, I, I had, you know, I, I'm glad we did this. 
I think she's going to go home and you guys are going to make sweet love and maybe even some anal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, the Greg, th- th- thank you so much, buddy. Am, uh, am I supposed to say thank you, Clem? What? How, it doesn't matter, buddy. It doesn't matter. I'm just glad we got along. I look forward to having you on again, buddy. And you want me to? You want me to Dropbox the audio to you, or did you get it? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Dropbox uh, the audio. I'm gonna put this on my podcast tomorrow. Perfect. The whole OB, damn thank thing. You, Mike. All right. Thank you, Bub. I really appreciated thank, this. It was a lot of fun. Thank, thank you, Opie. Tell Tim I said hi, kiddo. Oh, uh, now I got to deal with him as soon as I I, I stop here. <laughs> go go have a go have a herb green shake with him and uh, and do a cleanse. He has ADD, right? Oh yeah, worse than we do. <laughs> he'll he'll All tell. Right, he'll, I gotta go, bud. I know he'll tell me ten things that I need to do within a minute. I'm like, slow down. All right, Bubba, thank you, buddy. Hey, Opie, thank you, buddy. All right, peace. Wow, that was fun. And just like that, I'm back on the streets in New York City. That went really, really well, man. God, I love talking to uh, radio guys. We're a very rare breed. And that was way more fun than I thought it would be. I was a little stressed out going into that. It really was. It turned out, I don't know, unless he's a really good actor, I, I, I really thought I was talking to a very, very nice guy, so... This guy's yelling. Everyone's yelling Shut in New York City. Up. Why are you yelling, sir? You all right? Because I haven't... What happened? I was in the middle of my uh, my podcast. Um, I'm not mad. I was just curious why you're yelling. If you were basically being uh, cock-blocked for two weeks while you're trying to fuck... Wow, that would piss me as a man. off. Uh, of course! If I don't have find a hole, I'm gay. So if I don't find a hole to fucking breathe soon today, mm-mm. wow, that took a turn. Yep, and I'm saying that on the record. Okay, all right. Good luck to you, man. Hope you find that hole. I think I'll walk this way now. Ah, I'm in Times Square. Gets a little weird down here. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, I was talking about Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, so it was. Really good to talk to Bubba and talk about radio, and uh, it was fun telling some old stories. <laughs> oh, I love doing this. It's so nuts. Yeah, I, I think I explained myself. I think I answered all the questions as honestly as I, I possibly could. The one thing that does piss me off, I do have to say, he brought up the Anthony thing and how he had Anthony on his show a month and a half ago. or Oh, no, he said a year ago. Anthony feels like I didn't stick up for him when he got fired. That is such a crock of shit. It pisses me off. He likes to just think he's the good guy and he got screwed. And that we all should have just marched out of the fucking studio with him when he got fired. He was incredibly unstable at the time he got himself fired i did what i could but our relationship also wasn't you know the same he was pretty much openly hating me at that point he was building his own studio at his house the writing was on the wall that he was gonna do something different and then when he got fired it was obvious he started a whole thing a whole new thing right away what pisses me off about that though is that anthony tells everyone he can that I didn't stick up for him when he got fired. But he doesn't say the same thing to Jim Norton. 
And him and Jim Norton were very, very close. They were truly friends. And Jimmy stayed too. But he never says anything bad about Jimmy staying. He never says that Jimmy didn't stick up for him. And I, I always thought that was truly not fair. But I, I wanted to explain that on Bubba's uh, show. I forgot about that little tidbit. But anyway, what are you going to do? All right. People beeping. I told you about the people that beep, right? If you lay on your horn, you hear that guy in the distance who's a little doot, 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 doot. That guy was breastfed as a child. But if you're one of these guys, you are not breastfed as a child. That's childhood anger coming out. When you lay on your horn like that. I'm gonna turn on the old Instagram as we walk, see what the people are up to. And we are live on Instagram. Have at it, bitches. Three, two, one.